0: trauma therapist podcast episode 214 passion dedication and inspiration if you're ready to hear inspire, you're ready to become the best version of yourself cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support and it is 100% online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist prescriber or both in a safe and judgment-free space no more worrying about finding the right provider or scheduling appointments cerebral brings it all to you whenever and wherever you need it to get started on your path towards better mental health cerebral is giving you the trauma therapist podcast listeners off your first month of online therapy, medication, or both. Get started by going to Cerebral.com slash podcast and use the code The Trauma Therapist. That's Cerebral, C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L.com slash podcast, and don't forget to use the code The Trauma Therapist to get 15% off your first month. Make 2024 your best year yet. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Please see site for details interviews with amazing trauma therapists this is it right here right now with your host guy mcpherson <laughs> All right, guys. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. I've teamed up with Audible.com to bring you a free audiobook when you sign up for a free one-month trial. This is amazing, and it's a no-brainer. It's so easy. Go to the Trauma Therapist Project.com/slash/freebook. That's the Trauma Therapist Project. Dot com slash free book select your book and enjoy if at the end of the month you decide the membership isn't for you it's not working for you for whatever reason you simply opt out but you keep your book they have over 180 thousand tiles to choose from it's good on your iPhone your Android your tablet whatever. Look, continually keeping up to date and informed is key in our field. It's crucial. They have classic works such as Trauma and Recovery by Judith Herman, also newer ones like The Body Keeps a Score by Bessel van der Kolk, and the one that I'm going to be recommending today, The The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog by Bruce Perry, one of my favorites. Plus, they have an amazing return policy. So get your book at the, by going to the traumatherapistproject.com slash free book, the traumatherapistproject.com slash free book, and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. Guy McPherson here. So excited to introduce my guest today, John D. Whitus. John D., welcome, and are you ready?
1: Thank you. I am very excited to be here today. All right.
0: So, Jandi is a New York City based trainer and practitioner and holds certifications from the two largest energy psycho- psychology associations. Excuse me. Formerly trainer for the Newton Community Trauma Relief Project, Jandi is a board member for AAMET International and continues to create and foster community for tapping prof- Are you tired of spending countless hours? Buried under mountains of progress notes or clinical notes, it's time to focus on what truly matters, which is providing exceptional care to your clients. Introducing Text Expander, your ultimate solution to help you streamline documentation and boost your productivity. I've been using Text Expander for years, and it's one of the tools I use every single day you're a therapist, if you're a coach, any content or text you use on a regular basis in your progress notes for example, your name, address, or even longer forms, paragraphs of notes or sections of reports, you can create a shortcut for it. Text expander automatically populates entire paragraphs of text, saving you valuable time and effort and it allows you to get back to what truly matters your clients. Text Expander is offering the Trauma Therapist Podcast listeners 20% off when you go to textexpander.com slash trauma. That's textexpander.com slash trauma. Professionals and fans who share her passion for healing in the world. Using a variety of techniques from the field of energy psychology, Jandi calls herself a people's teacher, reflecting her love for what is simple, real, and useful. Among her favorite tools are those in the EFT family, emotional freedom techniques, which she uses in conjunction with other adaptations that combine mindfulness with meridian-based energy point stimulation. Jandi has a simple motto. She says, I help people feel better fast. Awesome. All right, Jandi, uh, obviously just a little bit about you. Where? Tell our listeners where you're calling from and where you're from, and uh, let's let's get going here.
1: Oh, be happy to. Well, uh, right now I am looking over the New York City harbor. I um, have lived in New York City for the most part um, for several decades and enjoy its diversity. And I think that's what makes it such a tolerant city. That's probably why I'm still here. But I'm from the Deep South and from Mississippi.
0: Wow. Okay. So, you know, one of the things we had talked about before we started recording is. This is going to be a really interesting interview. First of all, first off, it's, it's really the first time that I've uh, kind of highlighted a member of the Trauma Therapist 2.0 community. And your your background in and of itself is, is very interesting. So I think we're going to have an interesting uh, and really useful... Uh, when you drive a
1: vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.
0: share your quote what do you what do you have for us we usually start out with a quote a mantra something to kind of set the stage what would you what would you like to share
1: well I think I want to share one that's actually from a children's book I don't know how I came upon it but I use it every day and it's be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about I think that helps keep me in constant awareness uh, I would say compassionate consciousness really of the fact that the person before me I actually know very little about but I'm pretty sure that they have a full and rich life and they're here because they need help with something but the kindness factor I think can't be overstressed because um, you know when you've come to that point you actually need so much kindness from someone because it's hard to live life in these days and times, isn't it? And we carry a lot of baggage.
0: (laughs) Definitely true. So uh, I just want to make sure I get that. Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about? Yes. Okay. And the attribution is that?
1: I believe that's from a Wendy Mass book, which was uh, a tweener book. Hmm. And she talks about how uh, we do find out about what the other person is going through. And that informs us and I guess I want to say it makes us wise.
0: And this, this idea of, uh, being kind, it obviously sounds so simple, right? Mm -hmm. Of course it is, but it's, there's something so profound in it and beautiful in it. And at the same time, uh, obviously it's, it's challenging for a lot of us when and how did that become kind of important or resonant for you?
1: Well, I think because I grew up in the Deep South where a lot of things are valued uh, in terms of how you behave, what you do in uh, reciprocation, how you put yourself out there in service to people. I think the South is, is pretty much synonymous with um, hospitality, but a lot of versions of spirituality, too. So I took all those together, and kindness was pretty much inculcated in me since I was born. Um, Somehow, as a small child, um, I believe that I took a great interest in watching people to see who was actually walking the walk and who was just giving lip service to the hospitality the South is known for. That started me on a mission of understanding that kindness is a decision. It's an intention mm. and a decision that you act upon. And the other person gets to feel this thing that I think is probably
0: compassion. I love that. I'm writing that down right now because I love it so much. The other person gets to <laughs> feel. Okay. Awesome. So let's start out here. Let's talk about how y- you got into this field Um uh, tapping, I'm sure a lot of people are not going to be too familiar with that and kind of segue into how you landed in Trauma Therapist 2.0 community and how we met. But um, so share with our listeners how you started getting into this field.
1: Well, you know, I was always interested in human nature. I think that's what I was talking about when I was a child. I was always endlessly curious about why people did the things that they did. And as I grew up and went to college, I actually went to art school first. And I enjoyed that a great deal, but it somehow it didn't take as being completed. And so the next thing I did was I, I went to study psychology itself. And I enjoyed that a great deal, but I still knew something was missing for me, and feeling that incompleteness, I took uh, the art and the psychology and marketing and all these things that I had taken, I took those together and went into advertising from there to cable television, from there to television and film, and that's where I believe I understood that, that what those things are doing, that content, that competition for your free leisure time and dollar, is they're telling stories. They're telling stories about people and how they behave in the world, what has happened to them and how they reacted and what they did in either triumph or failure. So I think I took that point of view and as I became a mom and uh, rotated out of being a producer, which was uh, a good way to burn out your adrenal glands, um, (laughs) I I started realizing that my own child had some problems that Western medicine uh, or traditional medicine wasn't even approaching. Uh, they That's where I really understood the, the awful power of allopathic. And that's when I started looking around as parents do, what can I do to help my child? Mm-hmm. And in so doing, I found an awful lot of things, including the whole field of work called energy medicine or energy psychology, which I first encountered coming through gifted acupuncturists, chiropractors, uh, naturopaths, these kinds of people. Um, That's where I discovered that I could get her some help, but these tools were actually mine. It was my Mm -hmm. life calling, and that's how I found it. And so I dove in with both feet and probably in flippers as well, just could not... Uh, do it fast enough, because somehow I realized this was my answer. It was an integrative approach to wellness. It was my uh, pleasure personified to be in wholeness, and I spell that with you know a W H wholeness. Mm-hmm. My holistic care is all about the person as being whole. Um, I was lucky enough to come to all this in a time when you also had great things like TED Talks, Mm. where you had wonderful people like um, Eleanor Longden talk about why don't we ask people what has happened to them instead of what's wrong with you. Mm. These, of course, all touched my heart and exactly the heart of my work, which was I know that I am supposed to be here as a compassionate witness, as shepherd, as guide to helping you retrieve your life, your wholeness, your purpose, your authenticity—that's what I do. And frequently, you'll find that most of those people have suffered pretty dramatic trauma in their life.
0: One of the things that strikes me about uh, you know the, the story you're sharing, Jandi, is this sense of being uh, at, at, at once pulled to this realization that you know. Uh, intricative wholeness and and healing is in a sense your calling and at at the same time this uh real sensitivity and self awareness as to what maybe fit right or fit but really wasn't as you said complete you know you mm. moved around and it's in a very similar way that a lot of us move around and certainly i've kind of moved from, uh, kind of influence to influence, but, uh, and, and then you, the way you talked about this issue with your, your daughter and how that kind of inspired you to find these different, uh, modalities, if you will, what about the energy psychology, uh, made sense to you?
1: Well, you know, coming out of a study of psychotherapy, what made sense to me was that, This was a way to incorporate a few things that I understood, but in a new way, and that was mindfulness, um, acupressure and meridian-based stimulation, uh, cognitive issues and cognitive understanding, and exposure. So I realized that all those things pulled together in service of helping someone heal felt complete to me. And by the way... I know you alluded to this earlier, but that's that's the reason I was very attracted to your podcast movement, is I felt that you had a great understanding of what makes us human, makes us effective and unique in this work, and that we all come to it using our life um, as a guidepost, as hope for someone else, that they too can get to the other side of whatever troubles them.
0: Well, I, I thank you for that. Um, I, I don't know if I have a great understanding. I certainly, uh, you know, through uh, the guests I've had on this podcast, and certainly. Now, now listening to yourself, it, it's become something clear to me that uh, you know, doing this work we're doing, being a therapist, being a clinician of whatever uh, stripe, uh, this this connection, this human connection, this relationship is of the utmost importance, and I oftentimes think we don't give it as much uh, attention as uh, as we need to. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, well, can I say something else
1: about the energy psychology? One of the things that I noticed about this field, energy medicine and energy psychology, is they were acknowledging right up front, uh, treating symptoms is not going to be complete. Mm-hmm. You need to find out what's going on and why. And so one of the quotes that I use all the time in my training, which is what I do an awful lot of, is – uh, this was once a brilliant solution to another problem or there's a really good reason for this problem we just don't know what it is yet mm-hmm. and, and in so doing it that that energy psychology uh, I think encompassed the idea that hey there's something going on that caused this and this symptom is merely either a clue or a call to action. Mm-hmm. And so in, in using that paradigm of thought, I believe that we were well ahead of the game in understanding that we could also, I want everyone to hear that word, also put into our toolboxes ways to enter the meridian system and our autonomic nervous system using acupressure stimulation was a way to deeper, faster, more completely quell the body's own threat response that is ongoing in people who have unresolved trauma.
0: So, okay. it, yeah, I appreciate that. And, and I think it gives people a little more insight into what energy psychology is. Talk a little bit about what tapping is for for our audience.
1: Sure. Uh, tapping has become the equivalent of Kleenex word for um, acupressure stimulation with one or more um, adaptations from thought field therapy, which was developed by Dr. Roger Callahan back in the 80s in California for therapists. And one of his students, uh, the one that I follow the most, was a Stanford-educated engineer who was actually more interested in human development and how that was engineered. So his student, Gary Craig, looked at those things and said, wait a minute, you know, You can make this more simply elegant and available to more people and also available as a self-care tool, which God knows the world needed. And he developed what he called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, from TFT, Thought Field Therapy. What he brilliantly did is he made a very simple and elegant yet deeply useful and flexible paradigm whereby we could... Now, here's where I get into Jondi instead of Gary Craig. Here's where we get into telling the simple, loving truth. And the first person we tell that to is ourself. And balancing it with an acknowledgement of this is where we are.
0: How? So you've been doing this for over a decade okay so you're not you're certainly not a a uh kind of a quote unquote new clinician I mean you're you sure. have experience and what's interesting to me is really my membership community trumpet ever 2.0 has both you know people who are just starting as well as mm-hmm. seasoned people like yourself mm-hmm. I mean that's very interesting to me what a I guess I'm curious as, as to what you're kind of getting out of that community.
1: Well, first of all, I think you, you are probably appealing to not only newbies uh, in the business who want to um, be better or aspire to be terrific. Um, I think you're also appealing to the lifelong learner cadre, and I would count myself among those. I'm, I'm probably still going to be signing up and taking courses or, or giving courses when I die. Um, it's a way to grow. It is a way to be in your purpose here on the planet. And I think what you have offered is a way to sample a lot of different dedicated people's take on the journey of helping people heal.
0: Yeah. And you're referring to, in, in the Trauma Therapist 2.0 community, I have interviewed a lot of uh, you know thought leaders in in the field of uh, trauma yoga addiction mindfulness and it bring together a, a kind of what I refer to as kind of a 360 degree perspective of how we work um, mm-hmm. in this field which that's something that really has uh, come to me through actually doing these interviews. Um, yeah. so, so I, I, appreciate that. And that's kind of news for me to hear your perspective in that way. So I appreciate that. Um,
1: Well, thank you. I I think it's a brilliant synthesis and I think it's necessary. I mean, if any, if the internet uh, phenomenon has taught us anything, it's that information goes virally, but often without many operating instructions. And, you know, there's a lot of specious things out there too. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to become informed, all of us, and we're also trying to share. The knowledge, Um, you know, information has its own contagion, but at this point, we're trying to pass this on in a purposeful way, and I would just say you're giving an artful synthesis of lots of different points of view that are now starting to show up in, well, we know this is true because we have all these combination words, like uh, Mm psychoneurobiology and um, epigenetics, one of the most exciting uh, developments uh, for all of our fields of thought. Um, all of these things are taking place because of this, uh, um, information explosion. And then what I call the, the conscious sharing of it is what you're doing, guy. Mm,
0: appreciate that. Let's talk about, or let, let me rephrase that. Let me sh- have you share kind of an early clinical error and ha- how that influenced you. <laughs>
1: Oh, goodness. Well, I I think if we're all being honest, there were many uh, to choose from. Um, One of them that I see most often in myself still reflected um, in an inclination, and I see it a lot in my newer students, whether or not they've been in therapeutic practice for a while or not, is the tendency to overshare um, themselves, their work, their time. Overhelp is where it starts getting dangerous, and the compulsion to overhelp is where it really derails. Um, I think we all have that impulse to help, and if it is left unbridled, um, unmanaged, we can all get there. But newbies, I think— are probably the place that, that happens the most. Mm-hmm. It certainly did to me. Um, I found that those people who were so needy, I felt compelled to help them.
0: Do you have a and, I wanna I wanna kinda see if you can focus in on a particular one sure. that you recall.
1: Sure. Uh, an early one was one of the uh, childhood sexual trauma type of clients who, because of that being unresolved, had so much else going on in their life that was related to that, that they found it very hard for one thing to stay on track. It was, it you know, you would be working on any particular thing and it, it would explode into many different categories, especially the closer you got to the traumatic genesis. So one of the things I felt like I did wrongly was I um, it greatly expanded the the time of our sessions. I became very available to a person who would typically um, explode in the middle of the night and desperately need to talk to someone um, by text. Um, I even have done sessions... Uh, through, through Facebook Messenger when I had to, and I don't mean full sessions, but essentially these are interventions, aren't they? And they, it becomes very quickly known to you that your boundaries are starting to fray, like they did with this case, and that you're very tired and your income suffers a lot as well. Um, but you're also not maintaining a good management of that case. And so that's what happened in this particular one. And I finally had to uh, come to myself, understand what was going on, give myself correction, and then I had to broach it with the client. And that is not the easiest place. Ask any teacher if, uh, you know, becoming a stern disciplinarian is easy going backwards. It isn't. And P.S. I'm not, Stern and I'm not a disciplinarian. But what I have to do is I had to be rigorously and consciously honest. I had to say, here's what's happening and here's my part in it.
0: Uh-huh. You know, as you were kind of listing all those things you were doing, in my mind, I'm just uh, putting myself in the position of, of some of our listeners who were saying, well, okay, What's wrong with that? You're helping the client. But then you started saying, well, when uh, you, know, you start feeling, how do you know when, you, when the boundaries are crossed?
1: Well, I think my first, I'm speaking for myself, my first inclination is when I start feeling compelled to overhelp, when I feel compelled to uh, give them uh, too much or too long or, or too often uh, because that's coming from me. So when I have that feeling of being compelled, I know that that's time for me to reassess what's going on with myself, what I'm putting out there. Um, the boundaries are that th- these clients may one day become friendly with you, but they're not your friends. They they are people who've come to you for help, and they do need your compassion. Um, however, they need to also learn boundaries, too, for How that is delivered, and I am very compassionate with the way I do it. But I'm conscious that they need boundaries, as do you, and that gentle management is going to help them not become enabled. That's one of the great things about energy psychology, too. It's it's generally a very short-term relationship that you're going to have on a particular issue with a client, and you are vested in helping them learn how to take care of themselves after the crisis has been resolved. So I don't need to enable anybody. That is when I feel like I'm starting to do it for you. That's when I know, again, I need to back off. I've gone too far. I need to reassess my role in the, in the behavior.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, when we, again, before we uh, started recording, we were kind of uh, you know talking about uh, what we were gonna talk about in a sense here. And one of the words you used that kind of jumped out at me was collaboration, collaborative. Talk to me about and- why that was important to you.
1: Well, you know, I do think this work is collaborative. Um, th- these people have come to you of their own volition for help, and it is a collaborative relationship, I think, that we are growing. It's a privilege to accompany them uh, on this, this journey to healing, but um, I think there was this line in the Trauma Stewardship book which it, about eroding the artificial line between sufferer and helper. Mm-hmm. There's... There's that concept that, hey, I am here for you as shepherd, guide, facilitator. We're working together. This is not something I'm doing to fix you. Number one, I can't. Number two, I believe it's wrong-headed for me to try and do that. Um, I believe that we join this person in a collective or a, a collaborative fashion to help them find their way
0: beautifully put. I love the way you, you're able to articulate, um, th- what we're, what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, uh, great. So,
1: well, I'm glad it works for you. Yeah, it's um,
0: Good. Let's, let's talk about your why for doing this work, John D. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, I can sense your passion for this from the, from the get go, but share with our listeners what, what's driving you day to day.
1: Um, You know, once upon a time, I was the lead trainer at the Newtown uh, Community Trauma Relief Project. And that was a lot of very interesting work and growth for all of us. It was uh, very much a collaboration of a community coming together, seeking help and seeking to help each other. And so one of the things I learned there was a person asked me, you know, you're up there every weekend and don't you get tired of that? Isn't that such a Downer, and isn't it so hard because everything's just so heavy? And I said, No way, this is joyful, holy work. This, and then I realized I'm in the business of human reclamation. There's nothing to me that seems more joyful than that. That's got to be the best job there is on the planet for me. And because I have been gifted a lot of wisdom and experience from others who believed in me and championed me in this work, it's my honor to pay it forward. Um, I believe that that's why we're here on the planet. My my why is, is I guess, a spiritual why. Uh, of consciousness, that that we're all here to help one another grow and, and expand. And so, therefore, all of those things are my why.
0: Nice. And let's talk about um, suggestions for newer, newer clinicians, people just getting into this field. You know, mm-hmm. we've have, uh, a variety of experiences and levels, people who are listening to this podcast, certainly of people who are in uh trauma therapist 2.0 community, but what would you uh, kind of bullet point for people just getting into this field?
1: Great question. I believe that one of the first things that we need to tell them is to engage in vigorous self-care. I don't really have suggestions for the way that they go about that, just that they do. Understand that you're going to be at work in the world um, with people who have lots of troubles. And so you're going to need the capacity to help them and you can't do that if you're still so deeply enmeshed in your own stuff these are the scientific terms guy your own stuff mm-hmm. right but self care is is crucial because otherwise you're going to be triggered by all those things that form what we call a match what is out there that matches something in here that is still unresolved i mean we, when we look at trauma as a threat type of response cycle that is incomplete, that's a real good way of saying, see, if I don't complete my own cycles and get through my own work, I'm going to be in the quick with them. I'm going to be there too. And what help is that?
0: What Ex- help? Expound that? on that, that term match.
1: Um, well, the, the idea that the unconscious holds, like a court reporter, absolutely everything that was said and done and happened to us ever um, and files it like like uh, <laughs> some kind of file pro, you know, it, it has 1,400 tags for every single thing they heard or saw or felt or experienced. So if you have, for instance, if you have a background in uh, childhood abuse and you are not still engaging in self-care and resolving uh, those traumatic events that happen to you, then when you get clients that have a match for that, meaning a match of experience, um, some type of thing that was done, some type of situation or thing that was said, it is an immediate match for your unconscious to pull together. And now you too can be in a trauma moment if you haven't worked to resolve those things. Is there a perfect way to do this? No. But I do believe that this is a lifetime habit of keeping ourselves clean. And what I mean by that is cleaned up so that we actually have an empty bucket to help someone else carry their stuff until they're ready to. We don't have capacity if our own is impaired.
0: Yeah, I love the way that uh, what was described. Actually, I've never heard it put that way. And I, I think it's a really great way of uh, describing what's going on there. So engage in vigorous self-care. We talked about and,
1: that. Yes. And you've got to keep good company. It is my experience that nothing will kill off a new practitioner faster than isolation because they start to get lost. They start to doubt themselves. They start to wonder if they're on path. Um, They start to wonder what they need, what they didn't do right. And before long, you know, their focus has come full circle back into themselves, but they're lost and they don't have the perspective they need. So I'd say keep great company, find mentors, find like-minded people, uh, find a community of people and that doesn't have to necessarily be boots on the ground, thanks to the internet, but find a group of people who will support you, inspire you, people you can learn from, people who will share authentically with you and honestly with you and keep you honest as well. Uh, a, pe- a bunch of people that you can, not, not even a bunch, a selected juried handful of people that you can trust to tell you the truth and that you feel comfortable sharing your own truth with. I um, I found that so important guy that I, I formed community wherever I train. I try very hard to inculcate that in the community um, to keep them going forward. But I also put up lots of pages on Facebook uh, so they can communicate. And then that was no longer enough for me one day, that virtual community. So I made a boots on the ground version of it. And I called it the Spring Energy Event because all of the people that work in different, I guess, different aspects of energy psychology, energy medicine, et cetera, et cetera, are welcome. And so every year I have a community where we all come together, we share with one another, support one another, um, we learn from one another, and we inspire one another, and we really do form that collective of people who know you believe in you and are intending for your success.
0: Now, is this a, a live event? Yes, it oh, is. Oh, cool. It's, okay. So can yeah, we, can every we link, year. link up to this? Sure.
1: SpringEnergyEvent.com. And I'm just getting the uh, the roster for this year up. I'm I'm technically, well, I'm as technical as a rug. So it's very uh, difficult for me to get these things out quickly. But you'll find I have a website for that, SpringEnergyEvent.com. Awesome. and we come together and this is what we do.
0: Awesome. Okay, we'll have, or I'll have a link to that and everything we're talking about here up at the show notes page at traumatherapistpodcast.com um, and uh, also your your website, we'll get to that. But as far as advice, you, anything you want to add to what you've wonderfully uh, added?
1: I, I would like to just remind them that this, No matter which branch of service you come from, um, whether it's a vocation or an avocation, this is a work of intention to be in service of others and healing. Um, This is, yeah, that's it. This is a work of intention and how we handle it is uniquely personal to us. And I would urge everyone to embrace what is personal, what is uniquely theirs to do in this world.
0: Love that. Love that. Um, Let's talk about some go-to books, Jondi. Sure. I bet you Um, have so.
1: One of my very favorites is Dr. Robert Scare. He's put out a lot of good stuff. He's a neurologist. He's retired now. But luckily for us, he's always been willing to share. And I would say one of his most famous was called The Body Bears the Burden. He also has another good one called The Trauma Spectrum. But this is a brilliant man who I really do think um, holds the key to so much neurology information that we need to see how the brain processes trauma and then how the body becomes informed by that trauma and ultimately how we release it. So I'd, Definitely recommend that. Also, Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger, very good, readable understanding of trauma. I think everybody should check that one out. And uh, The Biology of Belief uh, presages the whole epigenetics phenomenon. Uh, Bruce Lipton, who's a cellular macrobiologist kind of guy, he ushers in a wildly readable, exciting, and humane version of what – We've come to think of in the past as our predisposition to get cancer or anything else. He goes a long way towards explaining how do those genes get turned on or not. And I think that's very wise and helpful information.
0: Okay. So uh, Robert Scare, um, I'll link his work up as well as Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger and um, Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. Biology, believe. Awesome. All right. So, in terms of uh, people wanting to reach out, contact you, uh, Mm -hmm. what's your website?
1: EFT4, that's the number four, results dot com, EFT for com.
0: Okay. And I'll have that linked up. And as well as, uh, the web, the URL for your event, spring energy com. That sounds awesome. You'll have to let me know when is that going to be happening?
1: That's April 21 through 23, and it will be just outside the Newark airport of New Jersey.
0: All right. So you'll have to let me know and I can help you you get the the word out at least. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, John D., this has been phenomenal. Um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And it really, it's it's a pleasure to, you know, to speak in this way with you, someone who's in, in the community of Trauma Therapist 2.0, and to hear that you've been doing this for a while. You know, you have this wealth of experience that uh, I, I'm just happy that I've been able to share with uh, the the listeners here.
1: Well, I thank, thank you. you. I, I do. And and your your contributions also helped me finish up um, my, my own tome, which is really about the way that we heal. It's how we heal. And I think that if I didn't have people like you in the world doing artful synthesis and bringing to my attention uh, different points of view, that wouldn't – it won't be as good a book. So I really appreciate you um, in this world. Thanks and keep on doing what you do.
0: Wow. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, John, you will be in touch. Take care. All right, bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast and join me today. I so appreciate having you guys around listening. It really keeps me going. And look, if you're a new trauma therapist, or even if you've been in the field for a while and you're looking for community, if you're looking for just incredible support, check out my membership site, Trauma Therapist 2.0. Uh, lately, there have been a lot of members jumping on board, and it is so exciting. It consists of uh, educational uh, video interviews with uh, thought leaders in the field who come on, and I interview them and really get down uh, nuts and bolts and ask them how they do what they do, ask them for step-by-step, kind of detailed uh, thoughts, ideas, and su- suggestions for for how they work with their clients, and we we really benefit from that. Also, we have a private Facebook group, which is just so supportive, and it's just so inspiring to hear people asking questions of one another, reaching out, introducing themselves, sharing their their processes, their joys, their wins, and their struggles. There are also monthly coaching calls, which I've just started. I'm really excited about that, and also really short, concise. Um, how-to skills videos that I do. So look, if you're looking for a community, uh, head on over to traumatherapist2.com and I'd love to have you join us.